Welcome to the 80th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today we are covering the fourth week of the winter 2019 anime season. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and the podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, because we spoil literally everything. My name is Bcom, and as we record this on Valentine's Day... I realize I trash watch so many romance anime to help me forget about my own failures in romance. <laughs> also with me are Cat and Leo. Not a lie. Not a lie. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking truth to that, Leo. God damn it. Dude, I, when Did, I came do you up, hear the truth in his bitterness and then the words Dude, I didn't come up with that till like 30 minutes ago. And when it hit me, I was like, I'll think of something. I'll think of something. Oh. And it just hit me. And I was like, oh, I have gold. And I was like, it actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like it hit him where it hurts. Oh, oh shit! I love it. Just another oh, lonely Valentine's Day. Yeah. So uh, oh. we actually did have some interest in the uh, Bride of Becom contest. Oh. So, so oh, I'm so excited, you guys. Nobody we're submitted, so much but they had some this. questions. So we probably got oh. to get a couple rules timed out. So like oh, the yeah. question was how long they had, and we pretty much just kind of agreed on until the end of the season. You know, yeah. as long as the show is airing. So like April first, um, because that's like around when uh, uh, right? spring season starts. Yeah. It would be too much of a pain to do the whole song. So, like, 15 to 20 second clip is more than enough, you know? Just pick yeah. a real fun part or but something you, like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's enough. But if you do longer, we'll give you bonus points. <laughs> but, I mean, even if it's, like, a short one, but it's, like, super good, like, it could still oh, yeah, win, I mean, in my yeah. opinion. If, if you've got, like, the whole costume and, like, you're really, you're really <laughs> selling it, like, that's impressive, right? Or even if you don't have the whole costume, but you just make a really shitty version of the costume, <laughs> like, <laughs> that might also so win I some think, points. I think I, I will be, be mostly judging it on execution and probably creative points yeah, to yeah. it. We, we will so. all, as we judge anime, have our own judgment um, <laughs> criteria. No, I'll be voting be on waifu factor, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> would Becom want to fuck this person? <laughs> oh, no, what, what, what about, hey, slightly different what, from what, what I meant, some, Kat, but okay. <laughs> what about some hus- husbando factors? I mean, that's a mm. possibility. Well, no, I'm saying like, okay, waifu <laughs> and husbando equally will be factored together. I believe there are going to be some husbando submissions possible. I will so. die. Yes. That will be so great. <laughs> it will be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Um, okay. Since since it is Valentine's Day, why don't we start with your nonsense, cat? Because apparently it's okay. about Valentine's Day. So so I went to my boyfriend's house early in the morning to surprise him, and then I had the most epic fucking adventure getting back to my house and to work. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! So like, I get on the highway. There's one of those like circular semi trucks. You know the one I'm talking about that hold like gas or oh, something. Oh yeah. 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 It, like, decides as I'm pulling onto the highway that it's going to do, like, a Yui to get (laughs) in the lane. And it, like, slows and, like, almost tips over. And I can't stop in time. And so I have to slam on the brakes. And I touch the edge of the semi. That's, like... Jesus. So I have have to get out and check. And and it it would have been his fault if I had actually damaged my car. But I did not. So I was like, woo. Got that out of the way. We're (laughs) okay. Started going down the road again. I'm going I'm going a little fast, granted, but you know. <laughs> I get pulled over by a fucking cop car. Oh, man. Um, and it's it's a female cop. And Ooh. so today on Valentine's Day, I had the um pleasure of getting my ticket cherry popped. I've never had a ticket before You've in my life. You've never had a ticket really? before? Wow, that's now, impressive. Not anymore. 
floor. <laughs> That's impressive. Wow. So after sitting through that, I was like, well, fuck me. So I'm going down the road. I'm like, well, this has just been really fucking terrible. Couldn't have been a worse commute, but that's okay. <laughs> Things happen. Like, I, I'm looking in the distance on 465. Leo probably knows 465. Mm-hmm. I see far in the distance a, a car crash happen. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like a three-car pile <laughs> And then the traffic just slows to a crawl. And I'm like... <laughs> How late to work for you? Oh, I was like fifteen ish minutes That's late. Honestly, not that bad. Like, oh, I I booked it. I like took a detour. I was like, fuck, fuck, and the whole time I was just cussing like terribly. Like, <laughs> it was the worst commute ever. So that what? was my cursed Valentine's Day. What, what were you guys day. up to? Beautiful, lovely day. Uh, <laughs> Leo, you talk about your nonsense first. Yeah. Okay. So. So I have found a new love of my life. It's called Apex Legends. <laughs> it, is, it is so much fucking fun. I've, me and pretty much all the, my Fortnite buddies, plus a couple more people that used to play video games all the time, have come back out of the woodwork and are playing the crap out of this game with us. It's basically, it's another battle royale. It's made by uh, Respawn, right? That's the mm-hmm. company. Yeah. These are the guys who made uh, Titanfall 2. So. So it has like all the kind of parkour stuff to it. Uh, the gun handling's really good. Uh, the eight characters that they have out all are very unique from each other. Um, it, we just have a blast dropping. Even if we drop in and die mm-hmm. within the first 30 seconds, it, it has a really fast loading time. So we can get right back into another match and not really be worried about it. But yeah, yeah. Become, you played with me and we had a blast. Even though we that was like day one and we all sucked <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I played uh, some last night actually on PC like late last night because I had a friend online and I just wanted to see, all right, how does this feel on PC? And I will say like even on my computer, which is getting like a little old, like it runs super smoothly. It plays incredibly well. Uh, and like it's just as tough on PC as it is on Xbox. Maybe even tougher, actually, because <laughs> I usually have some success on on Xbox, and like PC is like a kind of a like a cutthroat community. Oh man, we we've had everything. Uh, we would drop in a match, and we would not see anybody until the very end, and get like murdered. Yeah. Or we would drop it, and th- there was one like we were dro- we were going to the most obscure points and constantly dropping in with like two or three other squads. We were like, "Can we get a freaking break already?" <laughs> <laughs> but I I played a lot of Mirage. He's pretty cool. But then I played Caustic the other day. Mm-hmm. He's my fave by far. Oh, you like him a lot. Nice, dude. Caustic's so good with the traps and stuff. Like. I was the reason one match why we survived the one fight because we kind of got them cornered in a room and I threw in my grenade, which let out the giant bomb gas and they had to come out of it, but I'm the only one who can see through it. So I could see when they're getting ready to come out. I was just like, all right, they're coming now. And then we just mowed them down. And then at the very end, we didn't (laughs) win. We almost did. We were in a little house. We were in the circle. The circle was only on the house, Mm -hmm. had traps, all the doors. They kept trying to get in, but then they get obscured by the smoke and they get back out. And we still lost that somehow, but it felt (laughs) really, but we did really good. I I think I ended with like four or five kills that match. So I was happy. He's awesome. (laughs) I was playing with my friend and like he and my teammate had both died and we were, it was down to two squads. It was just me alive. 
and I was playing as Bangalore, who has like the the smoke grenade uh, yeah. ability. So thanks, fucking annoying. I was hiding behind this corner, and I knew there was like at least two people, if not a full squad, left going up against me. And so I'm just waiting for them to come to me. And so when they start, like I hear their footsteps around the corner. I launch the smoke grenade, <laughs> so it's just like nobody could see anything, and I just have an SMG, and I'm just like spraying <laughs> at like where I last saw them, and I got like a lot of hits in, but still like everybody had like great armor at that point so like mm-hmm. i couldn't take them down and i think one of them was a uh bloodhound so they probably just scanned and then could easily see me through the, the smoke oh yeah just the took, blood yeah. tracker so they were just like what are you doing <laughs> yeah they're like oh there he is <laughs> i was like shit but uh that was like my my last stand was really fun it's it's a really fun game it just creates so many fun moments uh mm-hmm. and the having the class-based characters makes it like like really really awesome and yeah, flexible can- do interesting squad builds with that i think uh lifeline seems to be a really big favorite for everybody yeah well, so is this different than the demo that you were talking about last week leo that was anthem was yeah this is oh, different yeah this they is both a different started game. with a and so i was like <laughs> wait he said this was shit last week well, what Kat, happened the crazy thing about apex legends was nobody knew anything about it the day of respawn comes out and goes like hey we've been working on this game hope you enjoy it and just drops it so where everybody's just like what the and it's super popular it actually dethroned uh fortnite on uh twitch i think for at least a while well and i mean that would be like a famous like one of my favorite authors being like hey by the way i'm dropping a new book today bye yeah everyone would just explode and not not a word was even mentioned uh Oh, darn it. Lost where I was going to go with it. But yeah, it's just, oh, it probably has one of the best launches, especially after like Anthem. Like this, it dropped. There's very little bugs. Very little. Oh, yeah. Little. It works like almost perfectly. The servers have all, had like minor issues and that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they've still already done like one patch within a week oh, okay. for improvements. And so, it's like, free. It's free. Did we forget that it part? Is. It's fucking, it's free. fucking free. Okay, but it's not yeah. really because like none of these games are fucking. Well, it's free. free so, like, in what's the, fact the catch? That, like, and anything you can buy in it is just like cosmetic stuff. Like, so you don't even need to bother. Like, you you well, you yeah. get but, things but faster. But it's like cosmetic but. stuff that you're going to buy, though. It's yeah, like, for sure. Like a lot of people will buy. Pretty yeah. shiny. Yeah, it's also cosmetic right? stuff you yeah. get in your packages just from leveling up. So you can okay. still earn yes. that stuff Slo- very slowly. You can earn that stuff. Yes. How like how pretty shiny are we talking? Like, am I going to be attracted? to this let me look at this apex it's called apex, apex legends. legends yeah i don't know there's some there's some cool character cool looking characters in it i don't know yeah it it looks very well it's definitely yeah, the, yeah it's playing a well the game actually game. does look really fun too yeah mm-hmm. um, all right while cat looks at that though i need to talk about my nonsense uh yay my nonsense has been going on for the past two months, and I can finally talk about it. Yay! <laughs> uh, I was part of the uh, Reddit Anime Awards. I was a juror. Uh, so basically, Reddit has their own little anime awards, our anime does, uh, where they do an application process, and like you have to like write uh, answers to a bunch of like anime questions or like anime analysis-type questions. Uh, he almost fucking killed us all in a stress rage while trying to write these. So you, everyone better be fucking happy with his answers. Let me tell you that. Yeah, there's a lot of work that went into the whole process. Like once you get selected as a juror, then you have to like watch like every anime that is eligible in your categories, basically. And then like nominate a bunch of them. And then the public nominates some, like the, the people of like 
Reddit nominate some. And then you have to watch all those. Like you have to like uh, do write-ups on each individual show and then rank all the shows in order for the awards and like award a winner and then do public uh, like write-ups that will be seen by the public afterwards like a second set of write-ups and then you have to set fire to your own hair exactly in order to, to <laughs> sacrifice something on Holy the altar shit. it was so much work the, um, yeah <laughs> it was really fun though because like i you know it just like gave me like appreciation for certain anime like i was in the uh, original soundtrack jury was my favorite jury uh, because it really gave me appreciation for soundtracks like Liz and the Bluebird. Oh, I read a um, little bit of that because you did it in the Nerdum doc, and I was like, who yeah. the fuck is writing this? <laughs> I was like, this is not your regular VCOM level. This was like VCOM with like two guns to his head <laughs> and like just going to town. I was like, wow. It's like, okay, imagine that eight, uh, seven or eight other people are in this jury, and they're all like as passionate as you were about Dereku in arguing against me. <laughs> and so I need to make an argument that could like stand with all those arguments and try to like change people's minds. It's really tough. Yeah. Uh, people are very stubborn. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun process. That's and there's the mark of a, a good personality. Someone who's fucking stubborn. <laughs> I mean, there were people who did change their minds. Like, they were like, oh, Harakana Received yeah. actually has a really good soundtrack. Uh, and it got nominated in the top soundtrack. Yeah, Cat. I mean... <laughs> Cat liked that soundtrack. What what fun is someone who just bends over like a limp noodle? You want to fight. <laughs> well, you most want people someone do. to, like, lock horns with. Yeah, most people fought. But anyway, that was fun. There's a website. I might I'll put the link in the description, but you can find it on YouTube at the Reddit Awards uh, Anime Awards channel. There's like a live stream that we did this past weekend. Uh, I was on it. I talked about OST. So if you want to check that out, mm. you can. Um, but anyway, we should talk about current anime. I feel yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about anime. So, Kat, you have the first show. <laughs> Mob Psycho. I do. I have my Mob Psycho again through some odd quirk of planning. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, all right. So, Mob Psycho, episode four, Evil Spirit. So, the guy, the delinquent, like, dudes from the Salt Middle School and the, like, Black Vinegar Middle School are back. You know, they're like, oh, I'm better. No, I'm better. And I'm pretty sure, isn't it that those are both snack flavors is that what it is i feel like that was what it was or at least flavors <laughs> like i don't know yeah, yeah. just flavors i didn't think <laughs> or like too chip much. flavors like yeah yeah like, like like popular chip like you know kind of crap snacks that you eat out of bags mm-hmm. kind of flavors um but yeah so which i've never had black vinegar i mean we have sea salt and vinegar that makes yeah. me want to go to Japan and be like, what, what the fuck is this black vinegar? Like, lay it on me. I can take it. Yeah, Japan and, like, Korea have, like, all these crazy, like, chip flavors that we don't have here. It's pretty awesome. Just flavors in general. Have you seen the yeah. line of Kit Kats they have? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Kit Kats. Oh, you think I ha- I've just seen them, Leo? You think I haven't ordered them? Uh, oh, no, I've ordered some, some, too. Asinine <laughs> means and had them shipped to my house like a fucking nerd before? Oh, I have. I have. Um... Yeah. All right. So they're back at it. They're fighting each other. Um, that guy, isn't it like Ten Tena or something or Taruki? Yeah. Or wait, the the back or like Tenga? The blonde guy that like helps. Oh, the blonde guy. Taruki. Um, Teru, Teru. Taruki. Yeah. They call yeah, him Taruki. Teru, but his whole name is Taruki. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call him Teru because that's what everyone fucking does in the anime. Um, 
he comes and is like, oh, you guys, you can't do anything without me. And like whoops the salt leader's butt and is like, bye bye. Um, and Terry was like, well, I have to keep these black vinegar dudes on my leash because, you know, it helps me with my image and all that. <laughs> but I secretly look down on them because I'm obviously a better person. And he has like a weird inner monologue at this point, And I'm just like, dude, sh- stop talking to yourself in your own head. Like, live. Uh, <laughs> you ever think about that? Like, he has so much fucking inner monologue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Then it kind of goes to this, um, I guess it's a flashback, which I was confused at at first, because at first I was like, does Mob have amnesia? What's happening? Did you guys get confused at first? I'm confused. Are we talking about the right episode? (laughs) Yes. Maybe Um, I watched the wrong episode? Because I'm thinking about the episode where... um, Oh no, did I watch the wrong Yeah, you episode? watched the wrong episode. I no! am confused too. I was just sitting here thinking <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking like, okay, it's just been a while and I've forgotten everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what no. I was thinking at first. But like, yeah, no, it's the episode where he get goes to like the mansion and there's all the psychics, right? Okay, so yeah. I must have watched episode four five? of the original. Yeah. I think you watched no, five. I think I watched episode four of the original because I went on and downloaded oh, episode four oh. and watched it <laughs> offline. <laughs> and it's been so fucking long since I watched the original <laughs> that I was like, why are they doing this flashback thing? This is really weird. Yeah, so like, I see this line, Dimple decides to study Mob's life and get to know him, so Mob will trust him. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> I know, and I was like... I was typing like I was so confused at first because I was like, "Why are they going back to the way things were?" And then, then I realized it was a flashback. And I guess they could have done a better <laughs> okay. job. Miko, do you and I want to see how well we can pull this from oh, memory? Shit. Yeah, I think we can oh, like pull shit. it mostly out of our ass, like, <laughs> like just like the general strokes of the episode, at least. Like, yeah, like so you said they got invited to like a mansion, and when they get there, there was like a ton of other extras. There was also our. New extra's friend uh, Shinra. He was there too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. basically, the main guy, the the guy who invited him on, is a rich guy. But his daughter, he thinks his daughter is possessed, and she's like locked into this room right behind him. And like, they yeah, she's o- like in a glass like room. She's got like yeah. constraints on. And as soon as I saw her, I was like, she's the bad guy. Like, <laughs> I was like, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna make it seem like her dad's the bad guy, but she's the bad guy. Actually, like, I immediately was thinking. <laughs> yeah and then uh he's like i need you guys to exercise her and so they all well not all but then like uh regan decides like okay we'll do it over paper rock scissors and he's like wins and he's like i never lose a paper rock scissors yeah, he like he just put up scissors how did every other guy in the room not put up like any like ro- a rock a single rock well, he beat everyone he say, like like I'm going to do paper. And he pulls up scissors and <laughs> yeah. like, everybody just fucks up. Yeah, just so by he, like suggestion, he got all yeah. of them to choose it. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes into the room first and he's talking to the girl. And he's asking her questions and she's like, I don't know what's going on. My father suddenly having like chained to a bed and whatnot. But then he comes out and he's like, no, she's the monster in there. And he, from his conversation, he figured out a bunch of things like, I never introduced myself to her as a psychic. She somehow knew, uh, yada, yada, yada. She also knew things that were said and done outside her room and she wasn't supposed to. So she somehow did. 
Mm-hmm. But oh, there was a funny scene just before that where he came out and she oh, when he was in there talking to her and she's like, and then he ha- he hired people to come and touch me. So like everybody's slowly <laughs> turning to oh. against the the that guy. But then yeah. he comes out and he figures those things out and then. The girl's like, all right, I'm done fucking with this. And then she yeah, starts he going out, all like, crazy. Oh, she changed her speech patterns. Like she first called her dad Papa, and then she mm-hmm. later called him Dad. Yeah. And then there was something else. Like it was like, um, oh, what he was knew it? he was a psychic, and he never introduced yeah, himself she, as a psychic. Yeah, exactly. There was yeah. a couple other things. It was actually kind of clever. Yeah, Reagan's uh, really clever when he tries. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I took away from that. Yeah. And then, but Dimple recognizes, uh, the demon that's possessing the girl. Yeah. And he tells the backstory about how like he was haunting this one place and this one guy showed up to exercise him. But this guy, he apparently did like nice stuff all the time, but he he was secretly like an assassin or something. Mm -hmm. And it just made him basically go crazy. And he had like really strong psychic power. So he was wanting to consume dimple. So to, you know, take his powers for his own and Mm -hmm. become an evil spirit. So, that's what the evil spirit is possessing this girl, and then basically all kinds of crazy shit goes down. As well, like mom she, tries she, to like help, yeah. right, by fighting the guy, but like he only he makes it worse. Like the spirit, like of like Mogami or whatever his name is, like fuses into the girl. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. mom, okay. yeah, mom's like the only way I can get him out of there now is if I can go inside of that body, and so he's yeah. like, I need to have an out of body little- experience. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. And then it gets pervy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when he does go inside, he, the, he sees the embodiment of the guy. Yeah. And, like, they have some good words back and forth. And it looks like Mob's going to win. But then the other guy just kind of out of nowhere completely overpowers Mob. Yeah. And then Mob, and then he, what's he, he, they end the episode and they, he's making Mob experience his way of life. Like th- exactly what it was if he didn't have his powers, and he's trying yeah. to teach oh. him a lesson. Right for the next episode, it looks like he's gonna like. Yeah, him. that's how yeah. it ended. Was him just like one day being like, "Oh, I'm going to school and I don't have powers," and that was how well, it ended. But isn't that kind of what Mob has wanted all along? Yes. Like not to have powers. So I don't really know if that's gonna teach him a lesson because like. But yeah, Mob has also been worried about like, you know, last episode when he was like, oh, if I was to go on like a human killing spree, who would be powerful enough to stop me? And it's like, oh, this guy. Like, so there is yeah. at least one guy who can like force him to like yeah. reconsider. Okay. My, That's probably just a relief. My predicament yeah. is like the evil spirit, when he sees Mob is not breaking under this, mm-hmm. that he in some own way learns his own lesson. Either that or Mob goes 100% and kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. But. Also, why is it whenever you have like these out of body experiences, like say in in this when Mob is like naked inside of the guy's like body or whatever, or <laughs> in Run with the Wind when like Haiji is watching Kakaru this episode and he's like running naked? Why don't these guys ever have a dick? Like just it, just admit that humans because have dicks. Because it's not appropriate. Why they is can't it not appropriate? Put a dick there. Where are they going to put it? It's art, cat. The statue of David has a dick. Dick on there. They can't even have porn with dicks they have to censor the pubic hair just so weird like every single time like in every anime whenever there's like the guy is having like a spiritual experience and it's like he's floating naked and i'm just like look at oh look he's no dick (laughs) well they do it with the girls too like they have this weird fog always around their tits like suddenly they've grown like their own atmosphere 
like around their <laughs> chest area. And it's like, no, we know they have tits. Like, we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Dude, I'm going over your notes, Kat, and you can see you and little snippets like, well, why is he thinking that way? <laughs> why do you do that? I, I know. I, I, kept being like, I feel like they've already covered this. And then I'm like, That's really funny. <laughs> I, 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 you don't understand how relieved I was when Become goes, did you watch the right episode? I was like, because I was like, did I watch the wrong episode? Yeah, same. Well, I was also thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, fuck. I was, oh, I was laughing also because like all of the we always think of like Reagan as like a joke psychic you know and he kind of is but then we see this room filled of like all these other joke psychics who are at this mansion like yep. there's this one huge guy wearing like a bikini he looks like Terry Crews or something and like flexing and like there's all these other guys with like cat ears on and like beards it's just like man he's psychic. So apparently the theme for this week and I feel like almost every week of a seasonal anime there's a theme, mm-hmm. right? The theme for this week is cat ears. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn, Kaguya went fucking ham on the cat ears today. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that was fun. That was a fun uh, impromptu review. Well, I'll probably just have to hijack one of your reviews or something and be like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so, that, was, that was interesting. <laughs> Tuesday, we've got Run with the Wind, episode 15, Place of Destiny. Uh, so the guys have started to get some publicity, like their picture and like the story of their team is like in the n- newspaper and everything. Um, and they're getting like really excited about like a TV interview that they're basically going to do for the Hakone as well, or the qualifier at least. And some of the guys are excited because like their parents have like seen the stuff in the newspaper like they would. And they're like really proud of them, though. They make it a point to say like, like they show that Yuki doesn't really, um, <clears throat> he hasn't he's not feeling the same way like he definitely definitely doesn't like have that same relationship with his parents like we find later in the episode he ignores this call from his mom and then he, when he finally does talk to them like i think it's haiji maybe it's kakuru i can't remember one of them overhears him it's kakuru it's kakuru and yeah. he's like yeah they've been bugging me because i haven't seen them in a long time uh and they saw doesn't the paper he say like it doesn't have anything to do with you yeah, At basically. It kind of makes me wonder. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're gonna go into it because yeah. they wouldn't even bring it up. It'll I, probably it makes be me a, think. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I was gonna say it's gonna be a way of making him have an emotional moment later in the show when his parents like show up for the race or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Or, or yeah, like it just made me think maybe there was some sort of rift. Like he decided to do something against their wishes and or something. Yeah, it seems like the kind of guy who would do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So. Oh, we finally got clarification on what the fuck Musa was talking about in the bath last episode. He acts so weird during this scene. It's so weird. Oh, I know. Like, why did they make him act like this? It's almost like they wanted to act like he was gay. Yeah, in that scene. Like, so, but like, but now he's like, all right, so what I saw and is confirmed now is that Hanako is in love with one of the twins, apparently. And like so, but, he, but he's like, ooh, but which one? We don't know. And like he, <laughs> he had this weird attitude. Like that's not Musa. Like what? It, the yeah, f- it was so out of character for him. <laughs> I also feel like he's just probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe he's not because like later on in the show, I think like um, like Hanako's at the race and she does see one of the twins and she gets like kind of blushy. But like it was very subtle. So I don't know. We'll see. 
Maybe I think you'll right. find out that she likes, like, she just doesn't even like either of them. She just likes the idea of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's like two weeks until the qualifier for the Hakone. And uh, it's going to take place at this JSDF military base. Um, but before they get started, Haji asks Kakuru if he feels like, should I have forced the guys to run even more, you think? <laughs> Oh, like on the train, yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, come on. He's like doubting himself. He's like because he's comparing himself to like uh, the other schools that they're going to be running against, which apparently have an even more crazy running program. There's Leo, no way anyone has a more crazy fucking schedule than they had. People would be dropping dead in the street. Like they'd be cleaning them up like like the plague doctor. Oh my god, this in the Middle me. Ages. This has killed me because later on, Haiji has a great line. I'm gonna wait till we get there. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just like they come to the conclusion that people run only from their free will, like Kakaru and Taiji are talking about this. So, like, forcing them to run just makes it miserable. Like, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one because, like, you do have to have like some kind of regiment. Like, they do force these guys to run at first. Like, it does work. I, I don't know, but uh, at this point, they're running because they want to. Um, they have this guy filming them, oh, by the way, as they go through, like, the final days of practice before the qualifier for, like, this TV documentary or interview, I guess. Um, and it's pretty funny because he's constantly like, what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> like, yeah. Haiji does this whole speech about how they should forge their bodies like tempered katana blades leading up to the day of the race. And then it's, he's like, the cameraman's like, but they're eat, they're drinking beer and eating a bunch of crappy food like two days before. Like, this, is, <laughs> this doesn't fit at all. Don't, doesn't one of the guys tell him that, like, yeah, that's just how we do things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, like, their old coach guy, who, by the way, had this weird scene in the very beginning of the show where he, like, jumps up and, like, starts running. I think it's when he hears the bath is ready or something. I don't know. But he moves so fast. It's ridiculous. Um but he tells him, like, the secret to the, his success and his running success is to just alternate feet. You know, left, right. That's it. <laughs> and if you keep doing that, you'll eventually get to the finish line. Yeah. Great advice. Fucking amazing. I um, think they probably figured that one out already. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's good to think about the little things. Uh, it's rainy on the day of the qualifier. They apparently are going to need a combined time of, like, 10 hours and 10 minutes between all of the runners who are running at the same time uh, to make the race. Um, they also got these new uh, sky blue track suits from Hanako's dad and like the shopping center and everything who pitched in. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they have, they have to run it like basically three minutes per kilometer for 20 kilometers, which is like just thinking about that makes me like break out in a cold sweat. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I do not envy these guys. Um, we found out from Haiji in the coach's talk at the beginning of the episode that like only three of the guys were running 30-minute 10Ks. So stretching it to 20K is going to be tough for them to keep it under an hour or like just over an hour each. Um, so like the more serious college teams, they have all like 12 runners each in the race um, from which the top 10 times will be taken. And of course, Kansei, they only have 10 because they just got 10 guys. So if any of them doesn't finish, they're done. They just don't set a record. Doesn't finish or gets injured, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice for the, the top teams because they have like two insurance policies, basically. Like if two guys screw up or can't make the race or fail or whatever, the top 10 can still make it. 
So they get lined up to start the race, and it's there's a cute moment where Haiji's like, guys, I forgot the mountains of a Hakone chant thing. And so they kind of like whisper it to each other. It's cute. Um, and I like how it's like the last 10 seconds of the race are counted down. It cuts to each of the 10 guys. It was good. Like a little good camera work. And then Hanako is like running back and forth. Like, so they start the race and like she's like running to different sides of this airstrip where the race starts with the first few laps um, before moving outwards into the rest of like the town sort of. Um, and she's like running back and forth to like tell, like yell at them like, hey, the lead group is like running at a 249 pace. Don't try to keep up with them. They're going to slow down, blah, blah, blah. Um and that's, like, the second time she yells that, I think one of the twins is there. Maybe both of them. And she kind of, like, says, like, I hope they don't lose and, like, gets blushy. Um, and so, yeah, the episode kind of ends, like, abruptly with some runner who's not on their team, like, crashing into this table of water cups. Like, dude, how did you, how do you crash into this table? Maybe he got, oh. like, jostled. I don't know. Well, I'm imagining that happens a lot, though. Like, I guess. It's kind of like how in bicycle races people collide with each other and stuff, mm-hmm. like at rest stops, because they, they want to like idle kind of and get water and stuff. Well, I was thinking, like, so a lot of the lead runners, like, they take their sip of water, and then they just throw the cup, like, on the ground, like, right on the track. And I'm like, throw it off the track? What are you doing? Why are you throwing it on the track where people are <laughs> going to run over it? They threw it to the ground. But, like, directly hot. where people are going to be running. That seems like the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. I was kind of pissed off. So I, maybe he slipped on one of those cups and I missed so it. So there, there was a throwaway scene that you didn't cover, and that <laughs> was... Uh, Haiji and Kakuru, they're like on a train going back, and Haiji's like, what if I didn't do enough job? And he turns to Kakuru and he goes, what if I should have had them forced them to run more? And I fucking lost my shit. Oh, Leo, <laughs> Dude, I did talk about that. I thought you... <laughs> I, I missed say, that. That's okay, but yeah, no, I thought you were going to go nuts when I said that. <laughs> Dude, I I don't know how I missed that then. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, that, that happened. I like didn't even... Like, I just paused it real quick and just kind of stared at the screen and then just started, like, nervously laughing. Like, how can this <laughs> show do this? It was so absurd. <laughs> it is kind of insane. That he thinks, like, maybe I should have made them run more. That That's the thing well, he thinks. And the dramatic ending stuff, like, has to end at some point. You can't have a dramatic ending every fucking episode where it's like, and what will happen next? It was such a dumb cliffhanger. Is Haiji going to trip over this guy who fell? I don't know. Yeah. Come back next week. Um, just... I'm going to go say he's going to go to hurdle him and it's going to hurt his injury. Oh, That's no, what I, I think it's like. going to be a miraculous, like, he's going to dodge it somehow and everyone's going to be like, woo! <laughs> And then, like, later on, he'll fall in another way, and that's when he'll actually injure himself. If he was one of the kids from The Promised Neverland, he would just parkour over that shit, no problem. Like, <laughs> easily. I don't know. Probably but, do yeah. a barrel roll while he does it. I like Maybe. that we're finally getting into, like, this race. I, I guess, I mean, I assume they have to qualify. Like, there's no point to this show if they don't qualify, so they have to qualify. So there's not much that they can do in terms of, like, drama, I guess. So. That is the one thing about sports shows is like you kind of know that they're going to win because mm-hmm. like otherwise they can't keep going. So you almost have to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> yeah, like in Harakana Receive when the main two girls win against yeah, the team of professionals. Bullshit. <laughs> that, you know yeah. what? I did think of that too. I just wasn't going to say anything. Thank you, be calm. Uh, and you're just like, this would never happen in real life. But like you're still cheering. You're like, woo. Yeah. 
All right, Leo, <laughs> tell us about our favorite girls. Uh, Kamari Kusa. Kat, do you like this show yet? <laughs> I'm trying. I just, I feel like they keep trying to explain things to me. And every time they try to explain something, I'm more confused. Oh, I'm not confused so, at all. I will say, I got, how are you not uh, confused? There's, well, we got all these fucking leaves and they're different shapes. And apparently when someone dies, someone else can use their fucking leaves? No, not necessarily. But isn't that what happens with the one thing that they're eating or whatever? Uh, Who, Wakaba? I don't know. Or are you talking about Rena? She pulls out their their own leaves and they can put them back. And and apparently they're eating each other? Well, they're like like duplicate. It's weird. Yeah, that whole thing with the Rena thing was very weird. I didn't really understand that. Has more to do that. It has to do with her abilities being able to duplicate herself. Like I guess they can lend each other some energy or power or whatnot. So, what what if someone in a in a fight, like you're fighting another group of kids in high school, someone turns to you and is like, "Hold on, I got this," and they just eat their (laughs) own arm. You'd be like, you're fucking insane. You wouldn't be like, that's cool. That, that is absolutely not what's happening in this show. I mean, yeah, she rips off fucking pieces of herself and eats it. Well, and they also what? become like little bugs. And it, uh, that was really interesting to me because they, they seem like the, the bugs that they're fighting against almost. Like the same type of thing. Like they can drop, Rena can drop like her own little bugs. And then like... Even if uh, another arena picks it up, if they eat it, it still goes back to the other arena. Well, yeah. So. Well, there's all these scenes it. during the show where, like, say there's, like, arena standing on screen. And then one just, like, magically pops out of the back of her. Like, it was, like, she was standing perfectly behind. But then she'll, like, pop back in and just disappear. And then when the girl turns around, the second girl's not there anymore. So it's, like, there's very weird stuff going on with Rena. Where oh, she, I yeah. didn't notice so, that at all. Yeah, it's really cute. I don't know what you're like, talking about. <laughs> so, okay, are the leaves their powers, or are they their life, like, I think source? it's their life essence. Yeah, yeah, it sustains them because Rin specifically says when they get in the fight later on, that like, it's okay, it didn't hit my Kimari uh, Kusa, which mm-hmm. sounds like if that had been hit, then she would have been over with. Exactly. Well, but then how does the Wakaba have, like, all these different Kimari Kusa if they need them to live? I'm so confused. Well, he's been fighting different kinds of Kimari Kusas around. Yeah. So is he taking the Kimari Kusa that he has from the dead ones that they've already fought? No, he's just... No. Oh, so he was given the gold one by one of the sisters because it used to belong Ritsu. to like their older sister, like Ryo. Oh, right. she's or, dead, but the Kimari yeah. Kusa is still there even though someone dies? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, it just then, like, okay. loses its glowingness, which is its power. Then he's been collecting he's the... He's been collecting uh, the rest, yeah. The blue ones, like, like they kind of like tend to grow in odd places and stuff like that, so... Mm-hmm. All right, let me get into the story here. Okay. Okay, because I'm like trying to understand, and I just feel like I get more confused. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot so of information. I'll be like the dumb reader who's like, what? <laughs> I think you we guys need to can watch the next me. episode together, and when you have a question, we can pause, and I can explain it to <laughs> that you. That would be pretty fun, actually. <laughs> so we open with everybody arriving to Island 3, and uh, Ritsu tells Rina she has been to Island 5 before when she was just one person. She's just forgotten for whatever reason. So she originally uh, was just one person, and then she split up. So that's interesting. Yeah. So Wakaba has also figured out that he can make some of the non-glowing Kamirakusa glow again with like certain hand gestures and so so on. Jutsu. Jutsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Rina also shows off some of her uh, talents and abilities. Like they can take the Kamirakusa in their bodies out and they, they can also make like the balls on the bottom of their dress turn into like little bugs and like run around and do stuff for them. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but then they come across... Uh, 
three of the red bugs and like Rin runs out and she defeats them really quickly, but she does it in a way we haven't seen her do yet. Like she uses the Midori leaf and like it turns into like a big blade mm-hmm. and she kills two of them that way. And then for the third one, she like absorbs it into her fist and then just like punches it and that kills it. And Waka was like, Oh, so the green Midori leaf is like poisonous to the red bugs, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then again, the Rena's is sure to inform Okaba that there are much bigger bugs called, uh, Nihiru. Right? Mm-hmm. What is it? Nushi. Oh, it's Nushi. Nihiru is what, uh, uh, Shakimaru, or wait, it's from Dororo episode. It's the, the name of the story. Yeah, I watched them <laughs> and my notes are right next to each other and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so they stop for the night and they talk to some more about Ryo, R- Riku, Man, this episode is the best. We're doing everything so messed up. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Rio was apparently the strongest out of them, and one of the arenas is also like asleep, and that's because her Kamari Kusa isn't glowing that brightly, and they need to eat a lot of things to get more energy. Right. They end up making it to the Sky Bridge the next day, and to get up to it, Rin has to basically pull them up, train car and all. So, yeah, she's crazy strong. <laughs> yeah. Or how would you say it, Beatcom? Oh, Rin too strong. <laughs> like, I was like, how is she doing this? I was like, man, she is really strong, like lifting an entire friggin' train car from like what is like a very like thin little vine. And I was like, this is ridiculous. She's going to get Spot. rope burn on her hands. <laughs> Ooh, sexy rope burn. <laughs> Not uh, that kind of rope that's burn. That's where Cat's brain went. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, ooh, I heard someone say rope. What? Uh huh. <laughs> well, you're going to hear it in Promise Neverland too. Wow, there's lots of like running themes this episode. Lots of rope. Lots of yeah. Lots of so everything. as they make their way lots across, lots of things being tied together. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Wakaba seems to sense something just before the bridge starts to shake, and after it stops shaking, Rin barely like dodges this like red beam that just comes ripping through. But it did get her like right arm and like took it off at the elbow. Uh, and it turns out it's a it's a Nushi, and it's you know it's coming for them. So they're like it's running a big away. Ass one too. It's cool. I thought I liked his design a little bit. He's like a giant centipede type thing, shooting yeah. big lasers out of his face. It reminded me of like video game stuff that you fight. <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah, it reminded me of like a Shadow of the Colossus like little thing or something or yeah. something from Near Automata. But yeah, it was it was really cool. Yep, they're running away as it keeps firing its beam and taking, like, chunks out of the bridge. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, is the bridge going to come down? Jesus Christ. Um, and then at one point, Wakaba somehow knows it's going to stop for some reason, and they use that as a chance to hide. But what Wakaba noticed was that it was reacting to some Kamirikusa that he had dropped, and it stopped to target some. Uh, so he suggests using them as decoys so, so that Rain can take it out. So what they do is they use Rena's little bugs things and gives them all some of the Midori leaves and has them run out and distract the Nushi and they're like running around and it's like trying to get them in every stuff and it buys enough time for Ren to get right up to it and literally knock its head off. Yeah. Uh, but even with its head off, it fires one last beam at like the sleeping Rena and Wakaba jumps in front of it holding up uh, a couple of the different colored Kamirikusa and one of them just happens to throw up a shield and it manages to block it, block it. He's not sure which one it was, but you see one of the blue-leafed ones fading away afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they continue on their way to Island 4 that they have not explored all of and might still contain some water. Then there's just this little tiny scene after credits of a small bug coming out of the Nushi and says, Administrator Color Detected. And also, the bug itself is not like the red hostile bugs. So, hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure they're referring to Wakaba. I mean, I guess, but like, are we really supposed to believe that this meek as fuck dude who like cringes and cries every time someone says boo behind him is an administrator? Maybe. I don't know. I, I assume, though, because like he is so weird. But maybe they just, uh, administrator color might just be that yellow Kamurikusa that he has, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, we don't really know. It just kind of ends because I think on that the uh, the note. screen on that bug or on the little bug that crawls out of the nushi um, it was is like yellow. orangish yellow. Yeah, yeah. So that might make sense. I don't know, but uh, maybe Wakaba. Also, I like that he's becoming more useful and less annoying as the show goes on. Very true. Because <laughs> he's he was pretty annoying the first couple episodes, and he's calmed down a little bit and sort of settled in. He's not like screaming at everything now. Um, so that's nice. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I just I liked how they used the strategy in that fight against the huge ass bug. It was pretty cool. It's not, it didn't go exactly how I expected it would, so it surprised me a little bit. I liked it. Hmm. Any any more questions, Cat? <laughs> I just kept trying to figure out what was going on, and I couldn't. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just feel like this whole system of these weird leaf things is just weird and bizarre, and I don't really think we're. I don't well, know. Maybe it'll get better. It's. It, as Bcom kind of mentioned earlier, it's kind of very video gamey, so that probably gives Bcom and I a, a little bit of an advantage. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, of why true. we understand it maybe a little bit better. That that is true. Maybe that's why. Because I, I did think that the the fight scene in this episode was very video gamey. It felt mm-hmm. kind of like a video game fight. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah. Um, and, and then I also <clears throat> uh, noticed that like the ending song is a basically a Vocaloid song. Which yeah. I think is an interesting choice. Like I hadn't listened to the whole ending before, and I was listening to it, and I was like, "This is this is like one of those Vocaloid songs I used to listen to in high school." <laughs> like, uh, did you guys ever get into that? Uh, Vocaloid no. stuff. I never really got into it. I did buy a Hatsune Miku rhythm game at one point just for fun, but uh, mm. I never really got into like the actual music. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was super into Gakabo for a while, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I, I don't know what Vocaloid it is, but they, they're definitely using a Vocaloid for that ending song, which is an interesting choice because, like, that's kind of out of fashion now. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some kids that would probably be really good at video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. These geniuses from the Promised Neverland. Yeah. Uh, episode four, 291045, as it's called. Uh, I still haven't figured out what these numbers mean at the beginning of episodes. I don't know. I think it. Is it the numbers on the side of their necks? But I haven't matched them up, so maybe it is, but I, I, I usually don't see, like, all of the numbers on the kids' necks. I'd have to see, like, a big list of their numbers, but I'm afraid that would be spoilery, so I don't know. Mm, so maybe. this episode opens up with uh, Il- Isabella just threatening the shit out of Crone, uh, telling her, like, <laughs> stop trying to figure out which kid knows the secrets and just focus on being my pawn because that's all you need to do. Um and like if she does this and doesn't screw up again, Isabella will be sure that Crone becomes a mom one day. See, and this is why I think mom is different than caretaker. Like there's something about the mom role that's different. Don't I, you think? I don't think so. Well, I mean, Crone is working under the mom as like yeah. uh, as like a caretaker, I suppose. I don't know. In that yeah, sense, a, I think they're different. But. It's a title rank, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's saying I'll, I'll give you your own like little um food farm one day yeah. if you're a good girl or exactly. put in a good enough word that she can be promoted or something like that yeah yeah 
Yeah. Crone did not like this, though. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, for someone who's like, oh, I really want to be a mom one day, she, like, fucking goes back and just rips the fuck out of that baby (laughs) doll. doll. Yeah. Like, well, I would hate to see you be an actual mom, because holy shit. That that, would be bad. Like, this, like, lends more credence to that theory that, like, I feel like Crone was originally one of mom's or Isabella's, like, uh, kids who, like, left and has come back. And, like, because she, like, she gets way too angry at this. I don't know. And, like, I feel like that doll that she has that's so beat up is probably the doll she had when she was a kid and she still, like, hangs on to it. But um. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's it's very much like I have power now and you're not going to take away my power anymore. Mm. Exactly. Type of very violent response. Yeah, so she wants to take down Isabella now, basically. Well, because she's because yeah. she is a smart character. Like, like when she's not having these violent reactions, and she really only has those reactions with Isabella. Mm-hmm. Like, she is a smart character. She has like good intelligence. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it has to be something. It would make sense that Isabella raised her. I think so. For her to have yeah. that violent reaction, you're right. Become. So uh, Ray and Norman decide they're going to start playing tag in teams made up of, like, small formations. So this will, like, more closely mimic what they would do in the actual escape that they're planning. And Norman also feels like, all right, we need to tell Don and Gilda what's going on because we need more help to, like, organize this. And, you know, Ray's like, well, yeah, but what if they're the traitor? And so Norman's like, well, first of all, I feel like I can win them over. And then I also have a plan, basically. Um, and it's funny because also like Norman tells S- uh, Emma he like suspects like Phil, the tiny little kid, a little bit because he has a high score of around like two hundred and three. I don't know how they calculate these <laughs> scores, but whatever. He has a high score, uh, and he's always around mom and stuff, and he's good at escaping during tag. And Emma's just like, "What? I can't handle this. I can't like suspect everyone." Blah blah blah. Um, but like, yeah, Norman tells him that like. They're going to carry out their escape plan in 10 days on November 8th, which is like way earlier than they expect to be shipped out next. They, they, they think they have like a month and a half, but uh, he wants to stay one step ahead of mom at all times. And so this is the way of doing that. See, um, and I think that's actually a really smart plan because mm-hmm. like, of course, they would expect you don't want them to dictate when you're going to leave. Exactly. That makes total sense to me. Um. And the 10 yeah. days is just based on, like, Ray says he only needs 10 days to break the tracking devices or prepare to break them, basically, or whatever. Um, but, like, Ray kind of, like, gets angry at this because he's like, oh, this is this seems like a bad idea. We don't have enough time or whatever. And so that night, there's a super long first-person tracking shot as Emma, Ray, and Norman walk upstairs. I did upstairs. not know I needed my VR headset for this episode. <laughs> It went on for so long. It served absolutely no purpose. I was sitting there going, "What are what?" Uh, I was like, "Okay, is there, what's the reason they're doing this? <laughs> what's the reason they're doing this?" And it just kind of eventually ends. I'm like, "What was that about?" Yeah, I thought they wanted to build tension, but it didn't really work. And then like they just open the door, and it's just like Don and Gilda sitting there. It's like it was like no point to it whatsoever. Um. And so they tell Don and Gilda what's happening, sort of. They don't tell them the full story. They just say that, like, oh, our fellow children have been sold off to bad people, uh, human traffickers. Uh, so they're not, they're not telling them that they're, like, being killed and eaten. Uh, they're, like, making it a little easier on them. And Don is, like, really resistant to the idea that mom would do anything like this to them. Like, he, he really loves her. He doesn't believe, want to believe this. But 
Gilda kind of convinces him when he says that, like, or when she says that Emma loves mom and loves everybody here and she wouldn't lie about something like this. And also when they went to the gate that night that Connie left, um, Gilda saw them and she knows that like usually they would apologize for breaking the rules. But ever after they came back, they've gotten more and more serious and distant. So she knows that something is up. And so that Mm -hmm. makes sense to her. So also Norma had uh, Norman had Emma and Ray look into the scores of the kids like Connie who had left recently. And you see this like big chart of like all their scores and their ages and like Connie and a bunch of like six and seven year olds are the ones that have recently been shipped out. And they all had scores that were very low, like between 110 and 120. And so clearly these are like the crops that would not pan out into high quality goods. So they just yep. got shipped out early. Um, yep. So Ray like, eh, yeah. let's just cut our losses now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is never going to grow into anything. But like you see the, the scores on down the page, like Phil has a 203 and like a bunch have like 180s, 170s, 190s. Uh, yep. Ray is annoyed at Norman for not telling the whole truth to like Don and Gilda. Uh, and giving them like false hope that like Ray needs people to survived. Like, suck it up. Like she's <laughs> yeah. too nice. Like she, I don't know. I get it, but come on. Yeah. Come on, girl. I don't know. This is Ray's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he's oh. the Sasuke guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, but also, um, the Emma does the need to suck it up. Emma bit, is yeah. pissed off too. Ray is just also pissed off. Emma's gonna Nobody have like a rude awakening at some point. I feel like you're totally right about that. Like she's yeah. she's trying yeah. to be too idealistic about all this. I don't know. Like at some point, I think she's gonna have like a mind break. Yeah. Emma is, and she's gonna be like. She, something's gonna happen she's gonna have a change of heart she's gonna become like slightly different i think um and so norman tells ray so i've set this trap for don and gilda i've hidden this rope and i've told don that it's under my bed and i've told gilda that it's in the ceiling of the second floor bathroom so if either of these ropes goes missing we'll know how to trace which traitor it was and he also says i have a plan also, like a third plan if neither of them are the traitor. Um, so that night, someone slides a note under mom's door. It says the rope is hidden under Norman's bed. So that would implicate Don. It's Don, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so Emma also hears Gilda get out of bed and go to like visit Crone in the middle of the night. And like so Emma like gets up and goes to eavesdrop like silently and hears Gilda tell Crone, Noth- everything's fine. There's no issues. Like what I was complaining about to you, don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. Crone, like, really, like, presses into Gilda, though, because, like, she knows she has something. And she's like, well, is it that, do you know everything that Emma told you and that Norman and Ray are involved with? And, like, really, like, tries to get her to, like, crack. And Gilda, like, pushes her away and says, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I only had a fight with Emma. That's everything I know. And just, like, leaves. <laughs> and Crone is, like, super pissed that, like, she couldn't get information out of Gilda, like, the most likely one to crack of any of them, most likely. So, yeah. Um, Norman asks Ray, like, why he thinks a traitor would work with mom against the others. And Ray suspects, well, maybe it's for, like, a guarantee of safety, like, not getting shifted out. And Yeah, I was actually already having this thought and coming to this conclusion yeah, before exactly. we got here. So I was oh, like, yeah. okay, I mean, nice, that's nice. the only reason you would mm-hmm. yeah. in this situation. And, uh... Um. Yeah, and Norman asks Emma if someone was betraying them for those reasons, if she'd still want to take them on their escape. And Emma says yes, because, like, 
if they escape, the protection of the person who was the traitor would not be guaranteed anymore. And she wants to believe that none of their siblings is a bad person and that they can all survive. And yeah, but then there's nothing stopping the, that person from, like, sabotaging their escape exactly. in the process. So, like, the, yeah, like you said, Emma's being way too positive about this shit. <laughs> At a certain point, well, Emma's going to have to make a real choice. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get what she means. Though. But, like, I was, I was really curious about uh, your theories on what happens next. So, like, okay, when you get to it. Mm-hmm. So Norman and Ray check the bathroom to find the rope has not been taken. And then they check under Norman's bed and find nothing. And so that would seem to corroborate that Don has taken the rope because that he was the one who supposedly knew that the where the rope was. And yep. Ray Ray concludes the traitor must be Don, and Norman turns to Ray and says, "So you're the traitor, Ray." And so I actually immediately knew what happened because it makes sense yeah. that like I had just yeah. came to the same conclusion. Yeah, like Norman the only people who knew about this were Norman uh, Ray and supposedly Don and Gilda, mm-hmm. um, but that means Ray is somebody who knew. So Ray is yeah. the one. Like Ray, like Norman tricked Ray here into thinking that he was trying to like search for Don and Gilda as traitors, and he kind of was. But at the same time, he was trying to check if Ray is a traitor. Well, because yeah. when yeah. when Norman told Ray all of that, I was thinking to myself, why is he telling Ray this exactly? Um, mm-hmm. And I kept thinking it's either so that if Norman dies unexpectedly, that Ray would also know, or it's that he suspects him. Yeah. But then in my brain, I kept thinking, and I was like, no, I feel like this is too easy. And I kept being suspicious of Norman, not Ray. Oh, interesting. And I, yeah. Because I always feel like the the characters that are the most nice... Like, you can't trust those fucking characters. (laughs) Like, the ones that are very calm and nice. Yeah. And whereas Ray is, like, kind of an asshole, but, like, sincere. Like, he wants them to know the whole truth and stuff. So, for some reason, I just can't trust Norman. And I kept thinking, I keep thinking to myself, like, oh, it's Norman. He's going to turn on them. Okay. So, I didn't suspect that. But I did. So, I was kind of guessing... Norman, okay, so he obviously either never told Don about the rope or mm-hmm. gave him a different location. Right. And probably the same thing with Gilda. But then again, what tipped Norman off in the first place to suspect Ray? Um, that's a good I can't question. I really think of anything. It may just be Ray's, like, entire attitude. <laughs> like, yeah, but then he'd be... I mean, then he would still, like, run a test for Emma, even though she would be the most less likely... You or know, maybe but. he just wanted to run a test on Ray just to be absolutely sure that Ray was loyal. Because if Ray's not loyal, then their whole plan is fucked. Or maybe it's all a plot to deflect suspicion off <laughs> himself. <Norman>. <laughs> I mean, you could be right. Like, Norman definitely is very smart. Like, he could definitely be a suspicious actor here. He's definitely yeah. not free from suspicion at all. Yeah, hold on. Ruby, stop chewing on your fucking femur bone. Stop it. Nobody wants to hear it. Damn it, Ruby. Sorry, my dog's like <laughs> gnawing on this fucking femur of a cow I gave her. Well, I don't think just... it's picking it up, though. So Yeah, that okay. just means it's time, for, not. it's time for a break so a cat can go like scold her dog <laughs> a little bit more. Go, go put the fucking bone in another room so you don't have to hear it. Yeah. There you go. All right, so we'll come back uh, after these messages from our fellow podcasters. Yeah, I'll see you soon. 
The following is an extract from Reanimator Pod episode 47, Blood, Blood, Blood. Taka discusses Des Irae. Most of the characters in the show, particularly the villains, have more than one name, like many more than one. For example, the super powerful mage from my synopsis is Carl Kraft, also known as Mercurius, also known as Faust, also known as St. Germain, also known as Paracelsus, also known as Cagliostro, also known as Capophilius Smudge. <laughs> okay, that last one is a reanimator special, but the rest are all legit. Like, he actually has those names. How about a few more? He's got more names? No, no, they're other oh. characters. He actually had that many names, though. Wilhelm Ehrenberg is Zeekly Bay, because why not? Valeria Trifa is Christoph Lohengrin, who's a priest and is commonly referred to as Father. Lord Heydrich is also Reinhard. And Teresia is Rhea, but Fujiren, aka Zarahustra, is our main character and also refers to Rhea as Senpai. So we never really learn her name until other characters start calling her Rhea. But really, her name's Teresia, so I don't really know how that adds up. <sighs> and if you like that and you want to hear more from the Reanimator Pod, head on over to reanimatorpod.com. That's R E Animate. TORpod.com. New episodes are out every Monday. Hey, dude, you into anime, manga, and all that radical stuff? Oh, yeah, man. It's tubular. Then you should totally check out the. This transmission has been hacked. If you want discussions, debate, reviews, and all in between, you must listen to the Anime Radicals Network at www.animeradicals.com. There's timely reviews, revolutions, mecha, and much more. Find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all podcast catchers. The Anime Radicals Network. The revolution will be simulcast. And we're back, and Kat is done being tag-teamed by her dog and cat. That, <laughs> that was so disgusting. What's the words out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Cat's just like, my god, my cat and dog are tag teaming me, guys. My house is a zoo. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a zoo. I don't know. No, it sounds like some other kind of what zoo. Zoos are you visiting? Go to. Oh wait, now I'm just imagining like a zoo full of sexy like like call girls just in cages posed with like different animal costumes on. Is it oh called god. the animal house? Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that actually would be a really good theme for like a whorehouse somewhere. What, the animal house whorehouse? No, like a zoo. Oh. Like, and just have all the different cages, like, have a different animal in it. <laughs> Someone needs to pay me to copyright that idea. I That idea, I am guaranteeing, exists already somewhere. <laughs> well, if, if any of you know, now, I don't know if I want to get tagged on social media there is a whorehouse like that it's in this country yeah definitely okay so uh, there's another show that's just okay. as bizarre as that <laughs> <Be-com>. <laughs> yes jojo jojo it's uh jojo's bizarre adventure part five golden wind yeah. or gold experience Fighting i guess I'm, I'm so proud i've convinced you two to start watching this <laughs> i had a lot of fun with this episode because it was it was weird though i don't think i've ever seen such a weird stand although i mean I, this is my first jojo yeah. anime but like what the fuck is this stand yes yeah, so this is episode 17 called it, baby it almost, head but it's okay. actually it baby face feels like a cheat it almost feels yeah. like this stand shouldn't be allowed so it seems pretty powerful can, yeah, can, I, yeah I, I will was, tell you out of uh, all the JoJo I've seen, this one is a rather a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of how the, the the way the interface works with like the suitcase 
and then the other part of the stand, but then it like has kind of a mind of its own. It's, it's very different to the most other stands. So yeah, you, you're not the only one. Okay. Cause I was like, this feels like cheating. This feels overpowered. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we get our first introduction to Melone in this scene who kind of seems like an asshole. Uh, he oh, go- do we know what Melone means? In, Ma- melon. In, uh... Melon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> he goes oh, up to shit. this rich young woman on the train, right? And he pulls out, like this Leo has said, this like suitcase laptop, basically. Um, and he starts like, a like spy t- device from like a 1970s Bond film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Much. And it has like a hole where he can insert. He has he takes like a blood sample of uh, Bruno's blood. And he stuffs it in there. And then he starts, like, talking to this woman about, like, oh, what's your blood type? How old are you? And, like, finds out, like, she's a 24-year-old girl. Uh, and she's in excellent health because she, he can tell because he, she slaps him across the face at one point. Um, <laughs> and she's, like, a type O Pisces. And he's like, oh, Bucciarati is a type A Aries. You couldn't possibly be a worse match, which is perfect for my use. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, Maloney, like, asks the girl, like, so here's, like, a bunch of images of the Kama Sutra. Uh, It's very (laughs) important to me that you, like, like the way that I'm going to impregnate you with this laptop. (laughs) And so. Oh, I know. And I was like, what the fuck? fuck is this like when he started doing that shit i was like what's about to happen in this episode oh no we don't need any more rape shows this season i know (laughs) and like it's frames this whole early scene like it's gonna be a rape because like the the laptop grows like arms and legs like almost like tentacles and then like cabadons like the the freaking train window like breaking it cracking it and like they cut from that scene as like she starts screaming. And I'm like, oh man, this is really bad. This is this is almost as bad as when I go shopping for laptops at the Apple store. Like it's almost as bad as that. Oh, it's almost as expensive. Oh, I'm just imagining become crying, like limping out of the store. Exactly. <laughs> Cradling his bleeding ass. Like. Twenty six hundred dollars for a fucking MacBook Pro. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Oh, meanwhile, nice. Our favorite turtle boys are road tripping it uh, with some truck driver on the way to Venice. Uh, unfortunately, two of the sex pistol bullets like steal the truck driver's burger because they're hungry, which uh, chips off the driver that like something's under his seat and it's a turtle. And he's like looking at it and he's like, oh, this turtle has a key in its back. And like as he looks at the key, uh, Mista, who is posing on a Dude, chair. It- <laughs> It just cuts to them in there and they're talking and in the background is just Mr. Posed standing on a chair with one of his feet on the back of it. And he's just like (laughs) with his chin on his fist and he's just like looking up and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing back there? I just literally paused and just laughed because I was like, this is why this show is so fucking great. Just shit like that is just happening for like... It seemed like no apparent reason, but I guess he was supposed to be keeping watch. But still, the way he was keeping watch is still hilarious. Well, yeah, and then, and then like he sees the truck driver like looking in, and he realizes like, oh fuck, this is my little baby's fault. Because I really do feel like the sex pistols are basically his like children, and, yep. and he's like, oh, I got, I gotta hide this. I can't admit to this shit. And he like tries to fix the situation. <laughs> 
He basically panics and just punches him real quick. Yeah, and his like little like, tiny arm comes it? out of the key and punches the guy in the face. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, no, Misa, it will solve nothing. But you yeah, know, and so you like try. the truck crashes into like the highway shoulder and they're they're stopped. And everybody else is just like, "Huh, what happened?" <laughs> they weren't even paying attention. Like they didn't oh, see no, anything. Doesn't Butcherati like look at him and, and be like, "Weren't you keeping watch?" And he's, <laughs> this is like, "No, I I wasn't keeping watch. I was just posed this way for fun." <laughs> <laughs> so we return to the train to find this twenty-four-year-old woman who like wakes up and like checks herself and like thank God she wasn't actually raped because that would have made this episode very awkward. Yes. Um, yeah. But babyface, like the laptop interface, does say like birth completed, uh, and so the first question the laptop asks Malone is, "What does kill mean?" <laughs> and, so, like, uh, and I was just like, "Oh, babies, they're so cute!" <laughs> like they when I saw so that. Fast. <laughs> Asking us all the awkward questions. And so, like, this conductor, oh. like, the woman calls, like, the conductor of the train to, like, bitch about what just happened to her and, like, the lack of security. And we also see there's, like, this weird, like, tiny blue baby face thing that's crawling up her back. And so, like, the laptop is, like, remotely talking to the baby, basically. Oh. Uh, and so Malone pulls out a baby book <laughs> and starts showing the laptop, like, pictures of animals. <laughs> <laughs> he's like here's an elephant and here's a lion and then he shows like a picture of like a, an elephant and a lion like tearing Bucciarati to shreds and he's like this is what killing means <laughs> so he also yeah, shows that's not a problematic or anything no not at all yeah uh, he shows like the rest of the guys being killed by like ice skates and baseball bats and he just says like oh like the one rule is like you don't kill this girl Trish you, like you don't kill her you just capture her um, well, wasn't he like, look how these things come together or something? And then like all the baseball bats and shit just are like destroying the people in grotesque fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. And Babyface like sees all this. He's like, all right. And then he responds like, devil fare pp k devil fare, which means I need to go pp. What do I do <laughs> in Italian? <laughs> And so he ends up peeing on the back of his mom's head. And she's like, what the fuck is this? Um, and but like she doesn't realize what's going on, really. She just thinks like a, a leak sprung or something in the ceiling. Right. So Babyface gets hungry next. And like uh, Malone starts freaking out like, no, it's too soon. Don't, don't, don't. But like he basically skewers his mom into tiny cubes and like basically eats, eats her. her, essentially. Is, like, yummy, what's yummy. Uh, and then he jumps onto a motorcycle and heads up north because we find out later that like when he uses those like his stand like those cubes like he's making something into a different object. I'm assuming he made his mom into a motorcycle. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's what happened. But no. I think he takes living things and he makes them into inanimate objects. Inanimate objects. Okay. So I don't know where the motorcycle came from. Then it maybe so it was it's just conveniently the no. Melone of, uh, had it. He rode in on it. At the oh, end of the okay, last his episode. Motorcycle, so he just steals it. He, he just stole it, yeah. yeah. So, so I he think just, the whole idea yeah. is that it's the opposite of Giovanna's yeah, talent. He can stand. like take apart life when uh, Giorno can create life. Gotcha. Yeah, so they're direct opposites. So he's just, he gets just, like bigger after eating his mom. So I assume like he takes her in as like part of his body then, basically. Yeah, because he's yeah. technically an inanimate object. Like because you learn that later. When Giorno is using some of his stuff. Right. Like, yeah, so that would make sense. He can make himself bigger because he himself is not 
an animate thing. So he's like tracking Bucciarati's DNA, basically. And meanwhile, they're still stopped because the truck crashed. And Giorno's <laughs> like, well, if we steal one car, they'll be real suspicious. They might be able to follow us. But if we stole a hundred cars, and like, so he like, he takes, uses gold experiments, uh, experience to like take all these cars and then like chop them up to pieces and turn them into frogs and send them like jumping away. So like, they'll like turn back into pieces of cars, but they'll be they'll all be over the place. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, he leaves one car for them to take. Um, also, Trish needs to go to the bathroom, and she's like, Bruno, how the hell do I go to the bathroom in this fucking turtle? And so he goes into the closet and, like, uses his zipper to open up a hole in the bottom <laughs> of the closet. And he's like, oh, I, know. I don't know where this he zipper goes, <laughs> but maybe the turtle will get some nutri- nutrients if you, like, pee in there. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the turtle is not going to appreciate it, no matter where the fuck that goes. So, <laughs> so um, Babyface shows up. And is able to attack Trish and Bruno, like, inside the turtle. Even while, like, Giorno is, like, unwittingly holding this turtle in his hands at the same time. Like, he doesn't see any of this going on. Uh, And he sends gold experience, like, inside of the key to, like, look for them. Because he notices they're missing. And, like, Giorno, like, also tries to, like, yell for help. But Babyface, like, uses his power to, like, take a cube out of Giorno's throat so he can't speak. Um... So Journal thinks fast and he like removes the key from the turtle and like Melone is still talking on like the laptop suitcase and um, uh, what is it like the babyface stand like tells him like oh I've apparently only living things can leave the key so like he would be trapped inside the key um, if like in, in any regular circumstances because he's not technically living he's a stand right. he's but he's an inanimate. But then he's like, but I also chopped Giorno's eye out, which is like a living thing. And since I have that, I can get out. So that was really weird. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that was like a weird uh, caveat. But like, so as he comes out, uh, Giorno realizes like, oh, he babyface like turned into like the cabinet inside of the key room. And that like comes out of the key. And so like gold experience attacks again. But like babyface dodges by splitting into these smaller pieces and Babyface takes the key back from Giorno and puts it back into the turtle, like, while he's, like, getting screwed. And, like, Giorno's, like, bleeding out at this point from, like, he's got, like, a piece of his leg and throat and eye all, like, bleeding. And so, but being on the verge of death, uh, under he like, Giorno kind of understands, like, Babyface's stand a little bit better. And it gives him an idea of how he could use gold experience to, like reverse the process of what Babyface is doing, basically, like, to turn items of, like, his own clothing like his button on his shirt into like replacements for the parts he's missing. Like, like so his he, eye. Yeah, yeah. His eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he fills in his throat and his eye and his leg by like giving life to these inanimate objects. And it's, that's really weird, but Hey, it's Jojo. Um, <laughs> and so like, yeah, he, then he's like, Oh, I've done this. And then the baby face is like, Oh, Nani. And it's like, so he like just uses vines to like hold baby faces motorcycle in place. And Babyface, like, avoids him by, like, turning into this gasoline that's leaking from the bike. And he tries to take down Giorno as he goes to, like, grab the turtle. Uh, But Gold Experience has grown a lot now. And, like, Giorno, like, removes his own wrist. And, like, it, the Babyface is like, where did it go? Like, what? What are you doing? You, like, chopped off your own wrist. And then, like, it explodes out of Babyface's chest, like, the alien in Aliens. Like, but it's like a piranha. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Okay, so Babyface's, 
I think he can create inanimate objects, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he can take living things and make inanimate objects out of them. Right. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I got that right. I Uh, assume uh, the two people who are kidnapped are somewhere in the room, like Trish and Bruno are probably inanimate objects somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. In the cube. Possibly. Uh, I was really glad to see gold experience. Like it got leveled up because it really wasn't that much of an attack type. And I wondered well, how they were going to do that for the rest of the show. But. I'm I'm interested to see how they develop it throughout the series because, like, from what I understand, uh, Dio had a lot of different abilities, and like he's supposed to have inherited all of that. <laughs> and so it'll be interesting to see if he ever gets some of those, or like if the power works differently because he has it now. Like what they're going to do? Yeah, so. for sure. I did some reading, you guys. I did some research. <laughs> I don't, I nice. don't remember Dio having a lot of abilities. He just had one that was really great. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, I, I know what it is because okay. I looked it up. But. I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. But uh, I, oh, what are you talking about? This is the Nerd Podcast. We <laughs> yeah, spoil we're not everything. Actually, talking about that it. season. So, <laughs> so <sighs> I want to talk about baby fa- uh, baby face though because he may be a strong stand, but. Um, Melon, Melone, or whatever, he can't really control it. And that to me is like yeah. a huge liability. And like, this is like your last resort, resort if you ever use that uh, stand. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. So maybe he, he's he, can't, like the, he can only let it loose and like hope it does what he wants, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the one they send in where they're like, well, this might like kind of explode in our face, but it's worth <laughs> we, a shot. We've done everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Crazy episode. But not as crazy as Domestic Girlfriend episode four. Oh, I boy. love how you guys wrote nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And I managed to put this in the three paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, I really like you just just do it. I just get I love your review of this episode, honestly. <laughs> so episode four is called And What About You? <laughs> so the trash fuck siblings decide to stalk <laughs> Hina. <laughs> I love it, the trash fuck Rui and Natsu, the trash fuck siblings, yes. I've already told these guys, but I'll let the listeners know. As I was watching this, I paused in the middle and went to our private chat and was like, guys, this show's worse than I remember. <laughs> I had that honest thought, like, oh, this was, I don't remember it being this bad. But anyways, they are stalking Hina and trying to catch her when she meets up with the guy she's having an affair with. Uh, first night is a bus when Hina just goes to a standing bar and drinks alone for four hours. And it's like, wouldn't you go up to your sister and be like, is something wrong? Yeah, <laughs> You've been drinking like, for four girl. hours. I was like, girl, get yourself together. Like, what are you doing? She seemed like, to be having on. a great time, though. Yeah, she's, like, she seemed it fine. seemed like a recipe for like, uh, like, like waking up in the morning and being like, where am I? Whose house am I in? Like, <laughs> As a teacher, this does not seem like the best I idea. I know. Like, it, it seems like a bad decision. I don't know. I was yeah. concerned for her. <laughs> the second night doesn't, go, doesn't work out either when she goes to like a comedy show by herself. Yeah. Then, but that that I will endorse. Like, I mean, that that's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. She seems like a really fun person too, because she's like supporting this comedy show and like it's cool. She has friends. She has like a life. I like that they're like kind of fleshing out who she is as a character. She and, likes and her a long time. I am all for people going out and getting plastered every once in a while. Just yeah. do it with friends. Just just do it with people you know. Don't just go by yourself. <laughs> Uh, third night is a dud also when she meets up with like a student of hers to give her advice on her future plans 
And running out of options, the trash fuck siblings steal Hina's phone when she goes to the <laughs> bath bath and calls the guy. Ruri is supposed to mimic her sister, but because she has social issues, freezes up when uh, he answers. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's my there's my note. Wow, this anime is a lot worse than I remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That pissed me off. I was like, girl, you just talked about this. Well, it's also, but like the whole situation kind of pissed me off because, like, one, like you shouldn't go about this this way. Like, uh-uh. it's not your place to do this. Well, because yeah, it really, it's it's the sister's decision to do whatever the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, if she wants to ruin her life and date this dude and get involved in some mess, because if the wife doesn't know, it, it is some mess, right? Yeah, yeah. even uh. Fuji's friend uh, Kurimoto goes and like eavesdrops on them whenever they're uh she's talking with the student just to see what they're talking about. I'm like, this yeah. is just so much trash shit going on. <laughs> I know. It's like just leave them alone. Let them make their terrible life decisions. Like if you've offered your advice to them and they don't want to take it, then just just let them crash. Or and like yeah, can- like ask them, ask her, like, bring this guy over. Like, let's make this, like, a legitimate thing. Let's sit down. Let's have a family dinner. And let's, like, talk about this situation. Oh, like, my God, become Well, wouldn't you know? <laughs> because for convenience sake, as the trash fuck siblings are at the cafe moping, in walks in Hina and her pretty boy. And then they she all... really is hot, though. And then you they can see all why sit she down. wants to smash Wow, this is exactly what you asked for, Become. Uh, uh-huh. They sit down and pretty boy, like, tries to explain himself, blah, blah, blah. Something about dating for two fucking years? Okay, what? This dude is so fucking smug, too. Yeah, he is. Like, so confident. I'm just like, do you hear what the words that are coming out of your mouth are right now? <laughs> like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's exactly what, like, Natsuo and uh, Fumio were, like, joking about last episode. Oh, like, I know. Like, what he might say in, like, a situation like that. And it's like, like no, that's, like, exactly who time. he is. Yeah, yeah, and it really is who he is. And, and, I don't know. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, wow, he really has the guts. He has the balls to just say that. And it was yeah. really overdramatic, let's be honest, with like Natsuo <laughs> getting like super angry at him. And, like, oh, yeah. You know, like sure. Natsuo was like a kid, but like at the same time, I understand why he's angry. And like to be to a certain extent, he's right to be angry. Like, because this guy well, is clearly he, not respecting Hina. Like, it, clearly. It's also like white knight syndrome, though. Yes, like I said, definitely. Like, like she is allowed to make shitty decisions in her own life, and you—it is not your role to rescue her from her shitty decisions. Right. Like. Yeah, and yeah. then he like asks not so. He's like, "Well, if I got a divorce, then would you give me your blessings?" In my head, I'm just like, "Of course not," because not so is self-centered and he wants Hina for himself. Right. But we don't get an explanation because Ruri is the first to lose her cool and throws like her glass of water in the guy's face and like runs off with like not so right behind her and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, I like that the uh, the one of the girls working at the cafe is like, oh, it's the fabled like water splash. I've, I've always wanted to see this in real life. The fabled <laughs> water splash. I like that a lot. Wait, do did we talk about the the spaghetti, the, the ketchup oh, spaghetti? Yeah, they no. have spaghetti napolitan. Oh my god! And I'm like, good. Okay. I'm glad they ruined his stupid ketchup spaghetti with water. Fuck that. Okay, so like, why is it in every anime they make this fucking dish? It's like bastardized spaghetti. Like if the people in JoJo like were to come across this dish, I think they would faint. Well, Maloney would be like, "Oh, molto bene, bellissimo." <laughs> God, we didn't talk would, about like the stupid Italian the in that episode. Oh, no, anyway. they would be pissed off. They'd be like, "What is this? This is ketchup on on our fucking pasta. That is the thing that we're known for." Molto yeah, super so, They would lose their shit. 
Yeah, no. So, so like this this dish is like I, I don't even know what the Japanese think it is. I, I think it must just be like several Western cultures like mixed together and they're like, Yeah, this is what Western people eat and we're like, No. But I mean we're no better because like we have like Chinese food that's not Chinese food, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like spaghetti with ketchup on top with like wieners in it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> The like, and it's always weird to me that they put wieners in it. But like, especially in this show, like the wieners really do look like dicks, don't they? <laughs> they really do. Like they they extra tried to make them look like dicks. I feel like in this. Anime. I thought they made them into the octopus ones. Is that the little like cut were... open ones? Yeah, yeah. I think they they do always are the octopus ones. I think that's like the only type of hot dog things that they sell in Japan or something are the tiny ones. <laughs> Oh, they only have tiny sausages in Japan. Oh, we got there. We no, finally got there. <laughs> Hurry up, Leo. Continue. <laughs> Not so comforts Rune as the fair couple walk back home. Hina wants to take a break for the trash fuck sibling's sake. And Pretty Boy is like, what do you personally really want to do? Also, Natsu totally <laughs> wants to fuck your brains out if you haven't realized it yet. Like, he kind of says that. <laughs> well, uh, oh, yeah. Like, he I does tell her, like, you, you know this mean. kid's in love with you, right? <laughs> right but really, he said, you know this kid wants to fuck your brains out, right? <laughs> I love how she's like, I don't know what you mean. And I'm like, oh, girl, you know. Yeah, she knows. You know exactly. Uh, yeah. The next day, Hina acts like yesterday never happened, and the other two are, like, awkward as hell. It's also the anniversary of Natsuo's mom's death, and he visits her grave and remembers how much of a crybaby he used to be. <laughs> Oops, I mean, still is. Uh, then Hina and like Rui show up to pay their respects, and Hina tells him that she broke up with Pretty Boy because the trash fuck siblings are more important to her. Yeah, <laughs> the trash end. fuck siblings are more. I just oh, so God, as dude. as he's watching like the two sisters like sit and pray in front of his mother's grave, I'm just thinking that he's thinking like. Yeah, mom. So these are my two girlfriends. They're also my sister. Uh, <laughs> I hope you approve of them. <laughs> like, oh my god! So I've already weird. fucked one. I'm working on the other. Yeah, I'm working on the yeah. other. I mean, we got pretty close, honestly. Honestly, okay. Like whenever you say trash fuck siblings, I just imagine that like the two of them limp out of like a large dumpster, just caked in filth, like naked. <laughs> together and they have that guilty look on their face because you know they've been fucking in the dumpster a little bit like, of flannel on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <sighs> that that episode was ridiculous honestly like uh not too much crazy shit went down this episode but it was just it was just ridiculous more ridiculous stuff from this show it's just entertaining it's like a yeah. train wreck in slow motion that you get to like comment on while you eat popcorn that's what this anime it, is. it is exactly it's a popcorn anime oh i will admit for sure uh but Cat. it's like kind of well done at the same time i don't know oh <laughs> jesus yeah we know you oh, just need you your have said trash that. Now fix. Leo's offended he's like i was okay until you said it was well done now i can't handle it speaking so, of shows that are kind of well done cat needs to do the next show with her cat ears on because oh yeah put your cat ears on cat well, you you can't see, so you won't know. Oh, Ooh. I know. I can tell. There's a difference in the audio profile. I can see it on the see. Okay. All right. All right. I'll put my um, imaginary cat ears on. <clears throat> you have to end, right, you have to end so. every sentence in "nya." Just say "nyao." "Nyao." Right now. Uh, right now. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to start the episode right now. Um, Kagyo. <laughs> <laughs> episode, episode 4 of 12 Kag- 
Kaguya wants affection, okay, Mew? Um, so Kaguya apparently wants, like, to wear... Uh, Kaguya, it, like, the episode starts out with her wearing the cat ears, which is just a blatant fan grab, like, mm-hmm. fan service yep. grab. Um, and apparently this just breaks fucking Miyuki's <laughs> little like, tiny ah! mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I hope my mic didn't just like on an destroy atomic itself. Level happens in that boy's brain. When, I might have when to like reduce the audio on, on that. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's literally like screaming at the top of his voice. I, it's actually really funny the way he's like screaming what? inside his mind. Don't his don't his eyes like bulge out in his skull? And it, it looks like I don't. It just looks like his he's about to implode. Like something terrible is about to happen. But really, it's just him being excited. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so he flips his fucking mind. And I don't know. And I, and I was just was thinking, I had like this thought in my head. And I was like, why are boys always so obsessed with costumes? And then I was thinking, I was like, well, okay, I like costumes too. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes fucking costumes. Um, and then Miyuki is still being all intense and weird about the cat ears. And Kaguya thinks this means he doesn't like them. So suddenly, doesn't like Kaguya tell Miyuki to put them on? And so yes. Miyuki puts them on too. And she's like, ah! Oh! She like, has the same fucking reaction. Is like, yeah. I'm gonna die. But like, instead of freaking out like he did, she's like, I'm gonna bite my tongue so that I can look cool and polished while I look at him. Because <laughs> she and can't so get she the smile that. off of her face. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It doesn't. And she like has this cold smirk on when he turns around. And I think he must have felt like an inch tall when she looked at him. Like <laughs> yep. <that>. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And then she suggests taking a picture of Miyuki in the ears because she's like, I need this for later. Mm-hmm. And then Chiaki suddenly is like, or Chiki, I don't, Chica, Chica, Chica. Chica whatever Chica, Chica. the fuck. Chica, Chica, Chica. Oh, God. She's like Pikachu. Yeah, Chica, Chica. Oh, God. Now I'm just going to think, someone needs to draw a picture of her dressed like Pikachu going, Chica, Chica. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. You get you a lot of upvotes oh on gosh. Twitter and Reddit. Uh, anyway. You can send in the drawing along with your dance of Chica. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, at gmail.com. Oh, man. So, yes, Chica suddenly suggests taking it, like, taking a picture of both of them in the cat ears next to each other. So, like, they're both excited about this prospect, but they also are both, like, really, like, having a weird, intense moment standing next to each other in the cat ears because they're both fucking freaks who needs apparently go to a fetish show and get it out of their system or something. Cause like, this is way too much sexual tension. Um, and so finally Chica's like, all right, you guys are being weird. And she like takes the, both of the cat ears away. Cause she's like, I, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. This, yeah. So this again, weird. Chica is the only inter- entertaining thing happening on the screen. Her reaction <laughs> to the whole thing is the only thing that's funny. The okay, other two, so I not did, so much. I did come around to Chica a little bit later in this episode. She's good and I'll in this tell episode. You about that. Yeah. She yeah. is. She is good. Like she may have more brain than I gave her so, credit for. Mm-hmm. I, I came up with a theory of why you think s- there, there's like a lot of girls that uh, become an I like, but you're like, no, you hate them because they have two fucking brain cells. And what I think it is, is you are mistaking their kindness as a weakness because you as you as you. I'm not the kindest person. This is the part where I get psychoanalyzed. Okay. So you're seeing 
her being kind, you're like, oh, that's a weakness. She must be stupid for doing this. You know, and be calm and I'd be like, oh, she's a really nice girl. Wow. <laughs> well, but nobody is a nice person. Everyone's just exactly. nice there for some, <laughs> some game. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, what, what happens in the next sketch oh they anyway. play another dumb game oh the band um, word game so in yeah. the next sketch the three of them need to buy sweets for this like French cultural festival that's coming up <laughs> and so two of them are going to have to go buy these and one of them is going to get the day off and Chica suggests they do this word game called the band word game to determine who will basically get to take the day off so the way it works is each person gets like a word above their head and that word they are not allowed to say, but they can't see it, but it's like stuck to their head. I think we, uh, they played this in like that other anime we covered. Yeah. Last season. I've seen this we have a, lot a similar of anime. game over here. It's, I think once say it's Indian something. It's called. Oh man, there's, that there's sounds multiple like different that names. sounds like a terribly racist name. It's, I bet it's it really not, is it's a, too. It's a card game, and you're spo- you hold the card up to your forehead, and you're supposed yeah. to guess what it is, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. Oh, okay. It has multiple yeah. well, different anyway. names. Yeah. Yeah. So she just suggests doing this, um, and of course Miyuki is like, "I really want us to lose, like me and Kaguya, so that we can go shopping together and be super cute and coupley." Eh. <laughs> um. So. He's, like, trying to plot how to get Kaguya to say love, which ends up being her word. And he's like, I don't fucking know if I can do it. Like, that's, that's a, 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 you know, a tall order. Um, and then he makes Chika's word check it out because he thinks, like, that'll be really hard and Chika will never say that. Yeah. But then as soon as they fucking start going, she's, like, <laughs> rapping and shit and being like, Chika, Chika, yo. <laughs> I'm gonna talk like this, bitches. Like, but she doesn't say bitches. But like, but basically, she she's like, I'm totally changing my speech pattern, so I I won't ever say whatever you wrote on the card. I know, and I'm like, that is actually really smart. Like, ridiculous in this situation, but kind of smart. And I started, I gave her like a point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I added a brain cell to my mental calculation of her of her uh, IQ. <laughs> so she has three now, <laughs> and then. I don't know. She, I love the part where she tries to get Kagi to say, like, say ha. And Kagi just has this ice expression, <laughs> like, just dead. Like, no, she's not going to say shit. I love that. Um, but that's actually also a good strategy. Like, mm-hmm. just don't say anything. But it's also, like, a boring strategy. And that's why like, Miyuki's like, you at least need to, like, make it so we have, like, a conversation or else this is not going to get us anywhere. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and then Chica gets Kaguya to say love by basically acting like a sad. And this is where I was like, oh, I respect you, Chica. Like, <laughs> y- y- you ain't so bad. You're a smart girl. Um, she basically acts like very distraught and sad and left out because others in their class talk about love matters. And, you know, they don't want to include me and da 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 da. And, and Kaguya is like, oh, but I love you. And, and like, oh, shit, I was like, oh, damn, girl, devious, I love it. <laughs> and, and then she also, after that, is like, of course they include me in those conversations. Like, so cocky. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, Chica, yes. <laughs> I, I slightly fell in love with her because not only is she devious and slightly evil, but she's also like Nice, we got Cat on the bandwagon cocky. now. <laughs> <laughs> 
her true colors are showing. She was she was never the sweet girl that you guys seem to think she is. She's actually. Or she's we actually saw it all these. along. <laughs> oh no! I think you were totally sold in this. She's so cute and nice. And da, da, da. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's not it at all. I was just like she breaks up the the atmosphere of the other two, which is like it's it gets boring and repetitive after a while until Chica breaks things up and makes it more fun. <clears throat> that's true. Anyway, but yeah, so she she gets Kaguya out, and then of course Miyuki's like, "Oh, I really need to get out now because you know, otherwise I'm not going to get my super cute date." Um, so he, and he's then he starts thinking about how I bet that Chica actually had some truth to what she said before, because otherwise it wouldn't have been so convincing. And how he needs to confront this, and he's like, "Let's get serious," and like that's his word. And so then he's fucking out too. And I was yeah. laughing. And I'm like, so, yep. like Chica well yells like "Don Dio," which means like "You yo, you're out." Um, and I was laughing because "Don Dio" is like in that like really famous now ED three. Um, mm-hmm. And I was watching this whole episode with like her rapping and dancing and like yelling "Don Dio," and I was like, "Why wasn't that the ED for this episode? Like, why why did they make that the ED for episode three? It feels like it fits with this one." And it was weird because, like, at the end of this episode, they went back to the ED from episode two. And I think they're going to mm-hmm. stick with that one for a while because uh, I saw episode five had the same ED. I just checked the yep, ED. It does. I just watched episode five, actually. So I got really confused why they – maybe they just wanted to get it out as soon as possible to get people interested in the show. But, like, I felt like that ED fit with this maybe, skit maybe in particular. Maybe they're onto our three-episode anime rule. I think that's what it is. Like, because otherwise, it doesn't. It feels weird that they would not have it for this episode's ED. But well, I'm uh, sure all uh, all you know anime studios are on to the three episode rule. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, trying to keep myself entertained, I was thinking, all right, let's say me and my co-host played this game. Cat was an easy one. I'm just writing a curse word on it. Uh, <laughs> it's physically impossible for Cat not to say a curse word within yeah. like every fifth sentence. Uh, B-coms would be a lot harder, but if I could write down sigh, that would be easy. <laughs> he does that a lot. Oh, no. You could say, you could make it well, actually. <laughs> or literally. literally. Literally would be a good one also. <laughs> the dumbest. Uh, for Leo, I would just say, uh, oh, man, what would I say? <laughs> I don't know. Cat, what would be a good word for Leo? I'm you guys. You guys is a good one, you actually. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That and Apex. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Apex is so good right now. <laughs> oh, oh, man. How about the last part? This is the okay. French part. So, oh, well, there's actually two more sketches. Oh, so, right. Yeah, okay. Sure. There's this one where Kaguya is debating texting first or whether she should let Miyuki text first, which is like every fucking girl's like experience with texting ever. So, like, boys, you need to understand that. Every single thing that you text a woman is scrutinized in detail. And oftentimes it is scrutinized like in a group of, of other women who, who know that woman. Uh-huh. It's quite, it's quite sad. And I find it to be <laughs> a, an un, unpleasant thing that we somehow do. But yeah, just, just be aware of that. Like everything is being scrutinized. Like the length of the text, the content, how often... Like, if you double-texted... So, like, basically, Kaguya's doing this. And it's... And, of course, the maid is like, all right, this needs to stop. Like, we we need to not be doing this. Because, let's be honest, it needs to not happen. <laughs> and she basically is like, why don't you call him instead? And just calls 
this like Miyuki on the phone and just hands her the phone so she's forced to talk. But her but his dad answers. So Miyuki's dad answers. <laughs> and she like He's flips the voice out. of Dio. It fucking <laughs> killed <he> really? me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's Dio and I looked it up and it was the same you, voice actor. You thought I was Miyuki, but I was actually Dio. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's me. literally the same voice. I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> But yeah, so chaos and embarrassment ensues because, like, you know, she's like, no, I want to speak to Miyuki. And, like, he's like, whoa, Miyuki, a girl's on the phone. And, like, then you hear some little girl in the background being like, ooh, a girl called you. You know, (laughs) and every, like, older anime fan will remember this, like, phase in history where, like, you didn't have a cell phone. You just had the landlines and, like, people Mm -hmm. would call you and everyone would know. Yep. (laughs) Like. Those yeah. were fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird that like there's a whole generation that doesn't even know what that is. Yeah, oh. it is really weird. I mean, I guess yeah. some ki- like yeah, I don't know how early kids are getting cell phones now, but it seems like earlier and earlier. And, well, yeah. a lot of of households just don't even have fucking landlines Land anymore. Because yeah. why would you need a landline? It's weird. Right. But yeah, so. And then, he, like, Miyuki texts her, like, tonight will be cold, so, like, sleep warm or something? And and I was like, oh, I guess you got your first text, so good. But then, like, the date that they set up during the call, like, doesn't happen because it rains, like, fucking hard. So, oh, well. So, yeah, then the last sketch is the actual festival. So, me, so they're at this French festival. It's between a French foreign school <sighs> you don't even know what the hell school. is said half this episode so okay because well, like, they don't give you subtitles but like they're not, it's it's intentional that they don't give you <laughs> subtitles you're supposed to give like have miyuki's experience vicariously through that true but also miyuki was the only one who was speaking like actual french because like the other girls either between horrible pronunciation or actually just not saying words were barely speaking french like at all <laughs> like and i heard like in the manga what's spoken like the speech bubbles are just like shapes that don't have actual words so like they're not even supposed to be really speaking french but like it like it's supposed to come off like both chica and uh kaguya can speak it but like they did not pull that off in the episode very well like it did not come out well it was funny Mm, that's unfortunate (laughs) but yeah so Miyuki tries to pretend that he can speak French, but is soon caught like, kind of in his own lie and realizes that he is the only one at this party who cannot speak French. And he's like, I'm fucked. <laughs> and so <laughs> he's like sweating it out in the corner, like imagining how embarrassing this will be for him. But it actually ends up being a good thing as like the chair, the actual head of the school like prepares this trap for the president where he's like, I'm going to see if this dude is worthy. Like I'm going to have this vice president of the French school, like who's known as like the, what is it? The wound licker? Yeah, the wound licker. And she, she's she like such sticks a fucking... out her tongue and has a razor blade on it. Oh, I know. Because she's such a fucking like, ins- oh, it made me ace think at of, insulting uh, people apparently. That gambling <laughs> show. No, the gambling show. Oh, uh, Kakigurui. Yes. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Yeah, that, I actually do still read that manga. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> there is a lot of tongue in that manga. <laughs> mm, tongue. But yeah, no, so like, you know, he's like, go out there and insult the fuck out of him. And like, we'll see how he reacts. We'll see if he's worthy. And like, she goes out there and says a bunch of shit to him in French that's supposed to be like scathing and horrible. And he's just like, 
No, no reaction. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Because he doesn't know what she's saying. And like saying. B-Com said, it's like us trying to sing the ED that he's so named the Maso Tan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then Kakyo gets like really pissed and is like, oh, you fucking insulting my man? And like comes over <laughs> and just like gives it to her. And like the the girl just runs off in fear and it's like Japanese girls are terrifying and like that's the end of the sketch. It was cute later when like Miyuki is like I could tell that uh, you 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 knew she was like bad mouthing me and you like came to my defense and like it's very they have like a cute moment where they both accept that they kind of actually like each other but don't actually accept it and, you know it's yeah yeah I liked that he admitted to her that he couldn't speak French because like he yeah. put it up the sack with everyone else but at least at least he's honest with her. I also kind of liked the sketch, uh, the third sketch, when she's back at home with the text because, like, she shows how vulnerable she is. Like, she lets the facade down when she's at home with just that mm-hmm. maid, and like, she just acts like a like a cute little girl, basically, like uh, instead of like the scathing princess she usually is. So, yeah, it was fun to see yeah. that side of of her as a person because it softens her image a little bit. Um, For sure. I had a stroke in the first couple minutes of this episode. Um, (laughs) I don't know what the fuck was going on. I don't know if this was meant to make no sense. Maybe it is because, like, Miyuki's, like, thinking about the cat years and maybe he's making no sense. No, I I was with you because I watched it, too, and I was like, these subtitles don't, these aren't sentences. They they literally, I, I wrote them down. These two first sentences, like, Miyuki says, yes. Cat ears are your time, Fujiwara, as Tushinomiya is me. In other words, the time you brought was originally Shinomiya and cat ears alone. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm assuming that's not supposed to make sense or something. I don't know. Did you guys click on the high dive one or the crunchy roll? No, crunchy roll. Some of these have two two sets of. Subtitles, subtitles yeah i would love verse. to see another translation of that and, and the, that was not what it said on mine oh, it, it said something like cat ears look great on you or they really suit you or something like that oh well crunchy rolls were real yeah, crunchy roll just i don't know what happened that was ridiculous <laughs> it's so funny you said you said that and you're like what does this mean as i go the translator had a stroke <laughs> the and, then you're, a and stroke. then at the same time your notes you're writing i had a stroke <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just imagine this poor overworked translator probably sitting at their desk like sweating oh, bent yeah. down crouched and just cut finally breaks it finally snaps <laughs> oh man oh man oh, jesus all right, let's move on to the last show of the day. Oh. Dora. <laughs> Yay, episode four, the stir. Yes, always the, save the best the for stirry. last. Oh, I just had to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Leo. Go ahead now. <laughs> it was the stirry of the cursed sword. The uh, stirry. This, this fucking episode is so good. By the oh, way. Every episode is so good yeah. of Dora Row. Yeah, about? this is a banger for the season. What? Okay, so I, I wanted to let you know. So sometimes I watch Dora Row and JoJo back to back (laughs) and because i've started watching them back to back i do this fucking slip where i say i'm going to watch dororo and then i'm gonna watch jojo (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing so (laughs) (laughs) one time's the more joe so (laughs) it just has this brief opening with like some guy he's not wanting to kill somebody they have prisoner and throws himself at the feet of whoever is in command and they just throw a sword at him and like then he gets up and like 
reluctantly kills the prisoner. And they throw like a dull, rusty sword too. So well, he has to like hack through this guy's neck. that until later on. Oh, okay, well, sorry. I think they kind of like they kind of give it to him as a punishment because at first he's like, I don't want to do it, <laughs> and so it's almost like their way of being like, Oh, you didn't want to do it before. Now we're gonna make it extra hard. Yeah. So yeah, see, none of this is explained yet. Yeah, it's yeah. explained later on in the episode. So we come back to the present, and Doro and Yakimaru are at a shrine, just like chilling and. Listening to the rain. And I whatnot. love the rain sounds in this episode because, like, at first it's just like in the background at the shrine, but like it's yeah. pouring later in the episode. I just liked it. it adds so much atmosphere. Yeah, and Hiyakimaru is actually just like standing out the rain, looking up at it, and like the girl that's there is like, I think he's listening to the rain, so he's probably like kind of listening to it hit his body, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the girl, she's there. She's praying at the shrine for her brother to come back, who went to like fight in a war five years ago, and. Doro also deduces that she is a lady from a rich family because, like, she's using really fancy words and she has a very pretty face. And she's like, ah, oh, that was in the past and I'm just a peddler now. And the show also makes it, like, a point to show us her hands are, like, scratched up from probably, like, manual labor or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere with it, but, like, it was very prominent. And even, like, there's, like, this zooming scene that goes right past her hands to just like emphasize that they're there my my little theory on that is that a lot of times in anime i've seen these tropes of like the woman who says that they've fallen on hard times but is actually kind of like lying like i've seen this a couple times so i think they show us her hands there just to show that like no really like she has yeah, fallen she really from grace here okay yeah. and then suddenly like a man comes stumbling down the road with like a large sword wound on his back and he dies and Yakimaru like sees the essence of a demon. And what's interesting is he just sees the just the red essence of this sword being held by the white essence of a human. Exactly. And yeah, that's just a really cool visual. Uh so he rushes towards it and like Doro goes with him and they find like a bunch of people and they make it clear they've all been murdered by a sword. And that's when like this guy just jumps out from a tree and attacks him with the sword. And he's like, the sword is thirsty. And Doro's like, how can a sword be thirsty? What is your crazy? It reminded uh, me, remember that part in Golden Kamui where they, there was like the sword that they threw into a bottom of a river because it was so dangerous. It like just wanted to consume people. And then I think um, the old man like gets it out of the river and then he uses it like, or something like, I don't know. It, it reminded me of that type of story. So this must be like an old Japanese myth like this. Sword, oh, yeah, because they were talking about. Uh, like the sword that kept trying to like throw it away, but it kept coming yes. back and killing people, and then like it eventually threw it in a bog or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the two continue to fight, and Hiyakimaru actually gets back to a ledge, and like when the guy goes for like to finish and kill, he goes, it's like a stab kill. Hiyakimaru uses his fake leg to block the attack, and also causes the sword to get stuck in it, and he's able to wrench it from the guy's grasp and basically throw it over the sledge. And then the guy kind of ends up falling off after it and whatever. And Doro's like, oh, don't worry. I'll go get your leg. And he goes to get the leg, but the sword's in it. And as soon as he grabs the sword, it takes him over and starts, like, pulling him towards the village or whatever. Uh, It's actually specifically taking him to the guy who had it in the first place. Uh, We find this out later on because the girl from earlier named Osushi (laughs) found the man and brought him back to her house because she recognized him as her brother. She also realizes later he's acting strange and thinks he might uh, have been the person who killed all those people. So she's not an idiot. She's kind of putting two and two together, but she still loves her brother. And then well, this is kind of hard not to. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so this is where we finally figure out what that flashback was about earlier. Uh, so the Lord wanted him to kill like the architects and the builders of his castle so that they could not give away like the castle's weak points. That's so shitty, but I understand it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the brother asks him to like to reconsider and he like throws himself at the Lord's feet, but then the Lord throws him the sword and he says, uh, you know, if you can't do it, then kill yourself with this. But then that's once he grabs it, is when the sword takes him over. And when we find out like it's super rusted and everything, like he goes to chop the guy's neck off and it doesn't even kill him because it's so rusted at first. Mm-hmm. And then he has he, to like really fucking hack at this dude. Yeah. yeah so he's like, the Lord's like, Oh, the rumor is the more blood this sword drinks, the sharper it gets. So once he's killed like all these builders and stuff, he then turns on like everybody else in the camp and he kills all the other warriors and all the other, and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, you're still thirsty. Let's go get you some more. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So this whole time, Dororo has made it to the village with the sword and is still trying to, like, to resist it. But then, like, Hiyakimaru then attacks Dororo. And he thinks he's actually trying to uh, kill him. But th- but really what he's trying to do is knock the sword out of his hands. Yeah. So it, that's pretty cool. He eventually does. And Asushi's brother, it killed me. We never got a fucking name for this guy the whole time. Uh, it, they said it in the flashback. I think his name was Tonosuke. Uh, or okay. Similar. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So Asushi's brother like picks up, picks it back up. And the two fight again. And Hiyakimaru eventually uses his fake arm to block the blade. And at the same time, uses it to unsheath his second blade arm and cuts the guy down along with the sword, cutting it in two. Uh, once he does this, Hyakimaru suddenly gets his ears and hearing back, and then he's just like standing there. And like, and this is where you like you said you really liked it. Become like at first, this all the sound is just so crazy, overwhelming. Yeah. You specifically hear Oh Sushi crying over her brother. Mm-hmm. So like that's one of the first thing he hears when he comes back. So that's like like I don't know, just really epic, and just the way it's done, it's just very well. Well. It's just the overwhelming, like, torrent of, yeah. like, noise that he hears. Like, the rain, the crying, like, every noise is just, like, torture to him because, like, he's never heard anything in his life. So, it, probably to him, it's like an attack almost. He's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. If anything, yeah. I was surprised by, like, how quickly he adapted. It also reminds me at the, the beginning of the episode when they're at the shrine and uh, the woman is looking at him and talking to Dororo about him. And she she has a feeling that, like, he's, like... Um, listening to the rain, right? She, but obviously, he can't be listening to the rain. He can't hear. Uh, but like, maybe he's just feeling the rain because he can feel pain again, or he has like feeling in his body again. Right. That's exactly what he was doing. Because yeah. he, we just figured out last episode he got his like feeling back. So like, staying in the rain would be a really weird experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably very strange to him right now just to walk around because he keeps getting all his new senses back and he's like, fuck. And I'm kind of disappointed because I can no longer call this Helen, Helen Cam, Helen, Helen Keller. Oh my God. Helen Keller Samurai Edition because it's no (laughs) longer, he can't, he can hear now. So, yeah. But it was fun while it lasted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that until now. So, I liked yeah. his, uh, oh, did I not make that joke? Well, I made it now. <laughs> I liked his uh, <laughs> potato head ears, Mr. Potato Head ears that fell off when his real ears grew in. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I didn't think much of that because I was like, well, everything's basically prosthetic. So, this is going to keep happening. 
I liked all the imagery with the two little paper cranes that represented the the brother and the sister. And like, there's actually a little after credit scene where there's their positions on the shrine on, like, on the together. Shrine, yeah. Um, there's so many little touches, like everything about the cinematography of this episode is really great. Like I just, I don't, it's a little thing, but like at the very beginning when uh, you see the girl's vision as she's peeking around the corner at Yakimaru, there's like this really great, like, f- like focus and defocus where like the camera pulls in and focuses like around the corner as it's like moving around. It's, there's just like all sorts of things that they do with like after effects in the show that really add to like the perspective of it. And it's all, it's definitely coming down to like the director making really smart decisions. So it's just like the blade making it a character in and of itself. Cause like making you understand that the blade is the one directing like this, these attacks, even before it's explained, like you can kind of pick that up. Um, well, and they gave the, the guy, the sword guy, like such a character with how little he talks or anything. Like, you can tell kind of that he there's some of him left that cares about his sister just, still. Just barely enough, but like but from his like experience listless. it fucked him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like it's almost like it's just not it's like faded. Like he's not they like it, it's it's a really good characterization for how little he's in the story. Right. Yeah, I totally in agree. In my opinion. Yeah. And how he's like smiling uh when he's been we've had the, the sword like removed from him basically. Uh, yeah, well, and he keeps getting excited, like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't even know if it's excitement, because at first I thought, it, like, he wanted it back, but I really think it was more dread. Like, he didn't yeah. he, he didn't know how to live without it anymore. Yeah, right? and I, I was meeting at, like, the very end where he's, like, dying, but, like, he's so happy to be, like, free from this burden, like, that he's had like, yeah. his whole life. Um, yeah, I, I also noted that, that uh, it was cute. Dovaro is voiced by a 13-year-old girl named uh, Ryo Suzuki. Uh, nah. So they got like an actual like uh, like child to voice the child part, which I think is always it and adds a little bit of authenticity to like the role. So that's cool. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, another amazing episode. Loving this mm-hmm. show. This <laughs> this anime guys like this is the shit. It really this is. This is the only. Gl- this is the glowing jewel in this season's crown. And yeah, then, I remember I had I had Mob ranked first, and you were like, "Really, it were Dovaro?" Do- Do- and like at this point, I think I would reverse that for sure. Like Dovaro has been consistently amazing. Mob's been really good too, but I'm liking Dovaro more at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, Mob is good. It's just this is like this is the one that you'll this remember is a later. Next level <laughs> shit yeah, they're doing yeah. here. It's really good, <laughs> uh, which I would not have expected coming into this season. But yeah, yeah, it just feels like everybody on the team is really giving it their all. Yep. All right. Well, that finishes it up for today. That's week four. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on new podcasts and videos that we post. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast catcher of choice, most likely. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Nerdum and Other for updates. And you can also join our Discord. There's a link in the description if you want to chat with us behind the scenes. You know you do. <laughs> oh, you always do. Again, if you want to do those stupid contest submissions for the Chica dance. Uh, 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 you were not, not allowed stupid. to call it stupid BCOM. This and was originally your idea of BCOM. Pride of BCOM <laughs> submissions can be given to us anytime this season, and we will welcome them. Uh-huh. Get your $50 gift card. Come on. Indeed. With that, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yep. All right, later. Bye. Bye.